0: and my life has drawn near to Sheol, I am reckoned among those who go down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more. And they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the lowest pit. In dark places, in the depths, your wrath has rested upon me And you have afflicted me with all your waves. You have removed my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an object of loathing to them. I am shut up and cannot go out. My eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon you every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to you. Will you perform wonders for the dead? Will the departed spirits rise and praise you? Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in Abaddon? Will your wonders be made known in the darkness, and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help. And in the morning my prayer comes before you, O Lord, why do you reject my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I was afflicted and about to die from my youth on. I suffer your terrors. I am overcome. Your burning anger has passed over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They have surrounded me like water all day long. They have encompassed me altogether. You have removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are darkness. Thus far the reading of God's Word and all of God's children said... Amen. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading and the hearing and the application of His Word. You may be seated. Now how's that for a psalm? It is a distinct psalm, an unusual psalm. It is different from all of the other psalms. This one of the 150 is unique. Now we know that we come to the psalms as both a Prayer book and a song book. The Psalms train us in approaching the Lord and in addressing the Lord. The Psalms give guidance to our voices. Still, this Psalm is in a category all by itself. It is distinctive. Psalm 88 is distinct from all the other Psalms. This psalm does not contain any answer from the Lord. There's no response from the Lord at all. The psalmist speaks, the Lord does not. Now the Lord's silence is found in a number of Psalms. Some of them even ask the Lord about this silence. How long, O Lord? When will you answer me? Will you be silent forever? Each one of those Psalms contains some note of hope, a reply of some sort. Some light. The 88th Psalm begins in the depths and ends in darkness. The very last word of this psalm is darkness. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. The psalmist keeps crying out, The voice pierces the murk, shatters the silence, and then the silence returns and remains. It has been pointed out that this psalm is marked by a constant crying out or a calling out. Verse 1, I have cried out to you by day and in the night before you. Verse 2, incline your ear to my cry. Verse 9, I have called upon you every day, O Lord. And verse 13, I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help. It took a Hebrew professor in seminary to point out that the Hebrew words for cry or call here are different in each verse. Four different Hebrew words for call or cry. The crying out is full orbed. It covers the earth in all four directions. We have something like this in English as well. Cry. Call, yell, holler, shriek, screech, scream. Beg, plead, bellow, bawl. We'll try anything. We long to be heard. If the Lord is ever wordless, it is a form of death. I've drawn near to Sheol. I go down into the pit. I am forsaken among the dead. I am in the lowest pit. The dark places, the depths. The dead, the departed, in the grave. Wordlessness from the Lord is a form of death. As God said... The sounds of silence under the weighted blanket of darkness is frightful, nightmarish, despairing. Perhaps you have been there. The psalmist has. Now... On a light-hearted note, I would like to share with you a time that I recall calling out repeatedly and receiving no answer at all. I share this with you now. Our neighbors in Arizona had a sweet little dog, a fluffy, red, huggable bowser named Rosie. Rosie was kind, never a biter, and mostly obedient. Rosie was also an escape artist, something of a Houdini hound, a canine magician, Somehow, Rosie regularly got out of our neighbor's backyard and traveled along the street side of the fence, pawing and sniffing the terrain in her newfound freedom. However, she was always heading toward the dangerous crush of traffic. Whenever I noticed the escaped doggy, I would attempt to be a good neighbor and become something of a part-time dog catcher. I would head out and call, Rosie, Rosie. Every time, upon hearing my voice, Rosie would obediently stop, mid-stride, mid-sniff, and she would allow me to approach, scoop her up in my arms, and return her home to the security of my neighbor's backyard. One day, right before our move to Texas, Rosie escaped again. This provided me with another opportunity to be a good neighbor and to gather this little neighbor doggy and bring her home. So according to the routine, I went out to the street Checked both ways and called her name, Rosie. She kept going. Louder, I called again, Rosie. She did not stop. Then, lifting my voice to crazy neighbor volume, I yelled again. Still nothing. Her forepaws did not pause at all. Rosie continued toward the busy street, and I took off, beginning a brisk-ish waddle-gallop jog to catch the furry fugitive. I continued to call the dog, She continued to ignore me. Because her pace was slow, my waddle jog allowed me to catch up to her. I scooped her up in my arms and began to walk back to our neighbor's place. And during this walk, because I am someone who then and still now talks to dogs who cannot answer... I kept asking the dog, What's wrong with you? Why didn't you stop when I called? What's up? What's going on? I kept asking, and the dog kept silent. No answer. I returned her to the safety of her backyard, and her owner, my neighbor Dave, came out, received his doggy, and thanked me for returning her. You are welcome, I said. And I also used this moment to point out the oddity of Rosie not responding at all. I explained she didn't listen this time. She was ignoring me. It's as if she couldn't hear me. My neighbor explained that his dog could not hear, and she was deaf. So with that, that tidbit of news, he could tell that I needed an explanation. I also felt like a bit of a clown since I had been out running the streets screaming in the neighborhood Turns out there was a very good explanation. She looked just like Rosie. Even had the same name. Turns out this was their second Rosie. Same breed, same appearance, same name. It's just that this second Rosie could not hear. She was deaf. Now, that's a silly story. But the experience of Psalm 88 is not silly at all, nor are any of your experiences of the Lord's silence. The silence, the non-responsiveness of Psalm 88 is very different than the silent non-responsiveness of that neighbor dog. Our Lord's silence is not due to deafness or inability. The Lord, when silent, it does not mean that He doesn't hear. It does not mean that He doesn't care, doesn't love, or may be absent on some long journey. His own beloved Son cried out from the cross, to what seemed like a muted heaven, bronze sky. Still, we know that the Lord delights in the prayers of His children. Psalm 34.15 The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and His ears are open to their cry. Psalm 145.18 The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. Still, our own experience shows that there are times when the Lord is silent. This leads to the question why might this psalm be in the Bible? I have found this psalm to be very helpful personally and pastorally. It's called an instructive psalm, and it's time for me to be silent and be instructed. This psalm smells real, it reveals the honest texture of life. There are times when we are wrapped in silence and enveloped in the unknown. Even so, during such times, the Lord remains in control and He will reply in His good timing. Thankfully, this psalm shows us that we are not in control And that our calendars are not in charge. Each one of us, we know that we are called to wait upon the Lord. We are just not told how long we are to wait upon the Lord. Our walk with the Lord is a walk, not a sprint. Yet we know And this psalm kindly reminds us that that life is not made up of 30-minute episodes interrupted by a word from the sponsor or some pop-up ad. This psalm points us to a persistent dependence upon the Lord day and night, all day. Every day. The clinging of a Job or a Mary. <clears throat> we need such reminders because we are lazy. And we need to be bumped and nudged and reminded of our dependence upon the Lord. And that is a good place to be regardless of the situation of word-filled or word less Even if the Lord remains silent, it does not mean that He has changed. If our Lord is silent, He is faithfully silent. One more point. It's an instructive psalm. What else might this psalm teach, show? How does it shape us? The eighty-eighth psalm, excuse me. The eighty-eighth psalm, with all of the grit, the depth, the darkness. And the despair punctures the Disneyfication of life. <clears throat> Things become Disneyfied when everything has to be picture perfect, not a hair out of place, Instagrammable. And we hear lines such as, Yeah, I'm okay. You're okay. Everything's perfect. Believe in yourself. This psalm, thankfully, shows someone at the end of him or herself, which is not a bad place to be. This psalm exposes the tragic notion of Of self belief. The only psalm without an answer from the Lord. The only psalm without a response from our Lord. After repeated and varied cries, calling out, Does our Lord love us still? Yes. Because the no answer from our Lord, the wordlessness of this psalm, has been answered, thankfully, in the Word who became flesh. And I rejoice to be able to say I'd rather trust the Lord than myself. His word, than my word. May the Lord in His kindness allow His word to continue to shape us in all ways and every day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks through Jesus Christ, the faithful word, demonstration of Your love. And now we ask that You... Confirm to us that we may be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own, but one that is always found in your Son through your provision. For we pray in his matchless name, and all of God's children said, Amen. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for receiving us in your beloved Son. We praise you for the testimony of baptism, whereby you act upon us, claiming us as your own. We give you praise for your Holy Spirit, your presence, constantly cleansing us from the sins, even those that we are unaware of now. But you demonstrate your patience and your love, for you have granted us your word, welcome, accepted, beloved. So we are your children. Enable us now to go forth to the praise and glory of your name as we encourage one another and bear witness before the watching world. We pray all of this in the matchless name of Jesus our Lord, the Word made flesh, and Amen. Amen. Receive now this benediction, now unto Him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with great joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. And all of God's children said, Amen.